and what I've seen it hundreds of times now, you go in there and the people actually process that, that fear that's mm-hmm. stuck and, you know, like, okay, well, how's your, how's your colon feeling? Well, it's like, there's kind of tight and you go in and then it's like, oh my God. And, and, and in the, as a therapist, you actually, you go in with people, you hold them. You're like, okay, we got this. And they're like, mm. oh my God, this is, and it's like, okay, we got this. And, and I use my nervous system to kind of like, <sighs> calm bring the calm yeah and, and you actually process that unresolved nervous energy out of the body and then the 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 Crohn's goes away what hello it's your host Kat Walsh and you're listening to another episode of trip on this this podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children Trip on this is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip on This. It's your host, Kat. And the first thing I want to do is just thank you. I want to thank everyone that is here and listening to this and has been on this journey with me. As I reflect at the end of this year, it is December 14th as I record this. This will come out on the 21st. What a year of exploration and growth it has been for me. And even more so just as I think about why I'm doing this and as I continue to connect with all of you and hear from you all, I can't even describe the gift that it is for me. And, you know, just knowing how much is out there, right? Just from a content standpoint, just how many podcasts and and things that are all vying for your attention. And to know that you're here with me right now is uh, a gift beyond uh, any words can really describe. And I'm just so thankful. So thank you for being here. I have a great episode to end the last of my 2021 episodes. Don't worry, I'll be back in 2022. I've got amazing guests. But before then, I want to introduce my next guest, Sasha Cuff. Sasha is a somatic relational practitioner who has been working with patients for over 25 years on helping others heal from trauma. This episode was from beginning to end, not only interesting and fascinating, but truly things I've never heard before and and very, very strong takeaways for myself. There was something that Sasha actually mentions in this episode, and he's talking about two things in particular, which is about depression and anxiety. And what he was saying is, you know, the reason why there's not really, we're not seeing a really big fix, right? In our, in, in depression right now or in, or anxiety. In fact, it's going up is because the way in which we've been tackling it is always through the mind that the mind, and he's like, the, the problem is it's in the body trauma, which is at the root of depression and anxiety. Even if you don't remember, it could be birth trauma. It could be a number of different things, right? In the first seven years of your developmental phase, or perhaps, you know, as you get older, but these are loops that are stored in the body. And so you can do all the work you want. You can go to talk therapy and do all these things. And for a lot of people, you know, it only gets you so far. And what he talks about in depth in this episode is how it is actually in the body. It's in the root of us. And that is really where the therapy and the focus needs to be. For myself, you know, I've I've talked about this on episodes, but I've always dealt with uh, inflammation in my hip, my knee. I had a hip replacement when I was 22, 
And, you know, I'm very aware that somehow subconsciously I I somehow had created this. And of course I've been trying to think about like how and why, and I've been doing a lot of uh, my own work and kind of figuring out some very deep seated stuff that could have been at the root. I won't get into it right now, but really I just thanked him at the end of this episode because it really, it's going to set me on my own journey of trying to heal in a, in a different way, because it's always, for me, it's always been through the mind, you know, and, or, or feelings or whatever. And, and I've personally, it's only recently that I really began to experience life through the body. You know, I, I, I won't go into it too much now, but like, I've always been, it's, it's quick, but I'll always, I almost experience everything in life from the mind than the body second. And I'm really, really learning. I'm really coming into my stride right now and realizing God, the body has so much intelligence, so much intelligence. And I really hope that you get so much out of this episode from beginning to end. I encourage everyone to, if you can't sit for the whole sitting, it's about an hour 15 or an hour 20, come back to it because truly up until the very last moment of this episode, there is invaluable, invaluable messages and stuff that was, um, it's actually exciting to hear because you're like, oh man, a potential a potential thing that can actually truly help us. So, and also uh, at the end of this, he also talks about a masterclass that he is doing with a program called Nectara, which is a deep dive into really practical step-by-step ways that people can uh, go about healing trauma physiologically, right? Through the body. So I'm going to put all the links in there as well. So if you are moved by this episode, there is more where this came from. So definitely check that out. A few announcements before we begin. Trip on this clothing. All right. For real though, it's actually trying to get the whole site up. Okay. E-commerce. That's a whole other thing that I just thought sounded great. By the way, I'm going to get there, but it's uh, it's a lot more involved than I thought. So, so if you would like to get something from the trip on this trip on this clothing line ahead of time, especially ahead of, mm, I cry, we're going to miss the Christmas window probably, but before the new year, definitely reach out to me on socials or via email. I'll send you all the info for it. The store is technically set up so I can process everything and invoices and whatnot. Uh, but just actually getting it on the site and live is taking me a little longer than I thought. So I definitely encourage everyone, if you are interested in checking out the gear, it's already honestly almost sold out. I know you're probably like those listening. You're like, what? Almost sold out. You haven't released it. I know, but people, friends, family, and then people just like seeing it on my socials, like, where can I get a hoodie and where can I get this and that? I've, um, yeah, so I've been, I've been kind of working that too. So the sizes are, mm, they're, they're getting low, but don't worry. I'm actually already looking into re-upping everything. So it will be around and available, but the, that's the exciting news is people are liking it and it's flying off the shelf even before there's an actual technical shelf. Uh, but definitely reach out, email me if I am not able to get it up, obviously, by the time this episode is live. And the second thing is, of course, if you are not following me on socials, please do so. I'll link everything in the copy of this episode. But it's basically across the war- across the uh, across the board. It's at trip on this pod. So definitely check that out. And of course, if you don't have social media, but you want to stay in touch, especially about the merch, head over to my website, triponthispodcast.com and subscribe. 
Is there anything else I have for you guys? I don't think so. That's it. Please enjoy the last episode of 2021. Thank you all so much again for being here. Wow, wow, wow. You were just helping me live the life of my dreams. Thank you. And with that, please enjoy this next episode with Sasha Cuff. All right. Well, Sasha Cuff, it is such a pleasure to meet you. I am so excited to hear about your story and the work you're doing and specifically talk about the physiology of trauma and how we might be able to heal that through the mind, through the body. So welcome to Trip on This. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So I love to ask people, before we just jump into the topics, why people are passionate about the work that they're doing, what really led you into wanting to dedicate your life to helping others heal trauma? It's such a noble cause to me. Like that is, and and also must be very difficult in a lot of ways for you on an emotional level. That's it's um, I'd love to hear the journey for you about what called you into this space. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was uh, fairly unconventional. You know, I was, you know, as a, a young person, people would often come to me just to tell me their problems mm-hmm. <laughs> for whatever. I was a good listener for, yeah. for whatever reason, but it mostly the journey of, of wanting to work with other people and healing started uh, when my first son was born. We live in Caslow, which is this sort of out in the woods community in British Columbia. So we were doing a home birth, you know, home births mm-hmm. were kind of becoming more popular back then. And, and we had this midwife and, uh, but he got stuck for a long time. And it was a really long birth that went on for, you know, three days and the sun oh, kept coming up and going down. Anyways, uh, wife. <laughs> yes. Oh, she got him out. I had great admiration for women that, that do that. It's mm-hmm. quite, quite a, well, it's a bit like, it's, it's like a psychedelic journey on steroids, you know, right. like you're most, yeah. Anyways, uh, he screamed for the first two years of his life and we couldn't figure out why. And we went to doctors and they said, well, you know, it's colic. And well, where does colic, what does that mean? Oh, well, fussy baby. What, what causes it? Oh, well, we don't really know what causes it, but we have a name for it. <laughs> so that, sound, that sounds very like uh, medicine right now. Like we know what it Western is, medicine, but, but yes, like, we, we yeah, don't know what well, to do about that, but name, we know well, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's the cause? Well, we don't actually know the cause, but here's the, you know, we got a title name of the symptoms that are showing up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, we, we tried every, you know, every diet and every, we were going to energy healers and psychics and chiropractors and anything trying to, you know, figure out what, what, how to make this kid stop screaming because we were exhausted because he would scream half the night. And so eventually I, I started muscle testing and I had this idea like, oh, maybe I could just connect with him and I'll muscle test a list and, and maybe figure it out. And I made this whole list of every healing modality I could think of. And he only tested for one thing and it was cranial sacral therapy. Um, and there happened to be a woman nearby that was doing that with kids. And we took him and in one session, he stopped screaming. What? And she said, oh, it's birth trauma. This is birth trauma. That's what colic, most of what they call colic is actually unprocessed birth trauma. So <sighs> this kind of light went on, like, you know, I, we had tried everything, you know, everything. And, and it was like, oh, trauma was at the root of it. And I started sitting with people with this muscle it, it actually started a I was like oh my god the muscle testing thing worked as well yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna 
so I would have people come to my little cabin and, um, you know, I would muscle test them for remedies or food allergies or, you know, that kind of thing. Can you, um, can you talk a little, I know what muscle testing is. Cause I, yeah. I recall that from David Hawkins. I don't know if you've read his work. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, his awesome books. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But for those that aren't maybe not as familiar with muscle testing, can you just in a few sentences, tell us kind of what that is? Yeah, it's basically you're using your body as a, a biofeedback instrument. Mm. So they have uh, naturopaths have like they call them Vega testers and stuff that can do the same thing where they hook you up and then they get you to hold different substances and then the thing beeps or whatever if it, you're allergic to it or whatever. But you can the human body has this built in biofeedback mechanics to it and and you can actually use your body. So, you know, you push on someone's arm and if you ask if it's a yes, it's strong. And if it's a no, it goes weak. So you can get them to hold different substances. Some of them will make them weak. Some of them will make them mm. strong, you know, so you can test remedies that way. And cool. and uh, <clears throat> so. I started doing that with people, but over the years I started to find, okay, like some people I were really, it was helping, they were getting better and other people weren't. And so I, for years I was scratching my, like, what is this? What is this underlying thing? Like, like, where's this, all this anxiety coming from and all this depression. Those were the two that continue to be the two main things that people are coming in with anxiety and depression. And, and I read the literature and I started taking counseling courses and, I, there was no real satisfactory answer. And then about 10 years ago, I took a course with this wonderful woman, Mariah Moser, and she was teaching trauma resolution and somatic therapy. Mm-hmm. And once I got that information, it was like the light went on and I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is what, this is this underlying hidden thing that, and Gabor Mate does a great job of kind of exposing that, you know, un, unprocessed trauma and unprocessed emotional charge is at the root of all of this mental, what we call mental, it's not really mental health, Ment- the mental part is the symptoms mm-hmm. of unprocessed trauma in the body. And then the mind makes up all these stories as to why you're anxious. But the hard thing about trauma is it it's this, it's a loop stuck in time. Mm-hmm. So it could have been something that happened when you were two, uh, two years old. And if it's unresolved, it's like, it's still there in part of your nervous system looping. So if it gets triggered, you know, boom, you're back into that. Like now you're like a two-year-old having a tantrum. <laughs> wow. And is this something like that can actually be studied that they can see that like, is like, how, how are they, this is such a layman question, but like, how do they know that? Well, I found by when, once I started doing this somatic, Got it. Okay. Because what happens is it, the body um, contains it in certain parts. Okay. And those are the parts that show up as these like chronic sort of aches and pains and mm-hmm. um, holding patterns that, you know, I just kind of, I'm always kind of a bit tight and in, in certain ways. And with somatic therapy, you actually start going like feeling those things and going, okay, what's underneath it. And then, you know, people actually start like releasing nervous energy. Yeah. So trauma has to do with the survival system of mm-hmm. your body, right? So it's fight, flight or freeze is the play dead is Mm -hmm. what they, you know, the other, if you can't run and you can't fight, um, (laughs) the body goes into a play dead where it, you know, you kind of collapse and what they're finding actually, and they're, they're doing a lot more studies on this now and that things like uh, chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and depression is actually a, a play dead freeze that's stuck in your body. So you, you're like looping in this, like shutdown energy and and 
we're starting to understand that depression and anxiety are not uh, emotional states. They're actually mm-hmm. neural states. So they're way more to do with the, the, the reptilian, you know, brainstem mm-hmm. survival stuff than, than emotional stuff. So it's different okay. than anger and sadness mm-hmm. and this emotional realm. There are these neural states that get stuck and, and some people are stuck in a, in a play dead. Uh, so it's like their systems like always shutting down. And that's why they have chronic fatigue. And that's where a lot of depression comes from. And um, so the good news is that we're starting to be able to, we're starting to understand this and, Mm. you know, people are starting to teach this um, and people are starting to realize like, oh, it's not in my head. It's in my body. Like we're not stuck in like, that's why, like I did a lot of talk therapy and stuff and it was helpful, you know, to be seen and to be heard. And, but it, it never quite got to these deeper things that, you know, why is my body still shutting down? Why am I still depressed? You know? And, and so this understanding of unprocessed trauma is, is critical. And it's actually at the root of a lot of health problems, right? So mm-hmm. fight energy or the flight energy is nervous energy, right? It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a hyper aroused nervous system. So if that gets stuck, you know, say there's a fight that you don't complete or you get beat up or you don't get saved or whatever, that like nervous energy gets stuck in a little loop somewhere in your body. And depending on where it's stuck, you know, that looping nervous energy actually creates inflammation. Mm. So if that, if it's stuck in your pancreas, you know, it can create diabetes. If it's stuck, you know, in your colon, it, it, start, it starts to become like these autoimmune disorders, like uh, yeah. Crohn's and um, <clears throat> irritable bowel and all these syndromes. And, and what I've seen it hundreds of times now, you go in there and the people actually process that, that fear that's stuck mm-hmm. And, you know, like, okay, well, how's your, how's your colon feeling? Well, it's like, there's kind of tight and you go in and then it's like, oh my God. And, and, and in the, as a therapist, you actually, you go in with people, you hold them. You're like, okay, we got this. And they're like, mm. oh my God, this is, and it's like, okay, we got this. And, and I use my nervous system to kind of like. <sighs> calm, bring settle. the calm. Yeah. And, and you actually process that unresolved nervous energy out of the body. And then the, the, the Crohn's goes away, you know, the what? goes away, the, it, it, it's a, it's a really the unprocessed trauma is at the root of so many physical oh. disorders. I've seen so many people recover from chronic fatigue and these sort of uncurable things. It's because they're not understood properly. Yeah. And so of course the, if you don't diagnose something accurately, how's the treatment going right. to work? Right, you right, right. I mean? So, so is, that what's, is, is that what somatic <laughs> therapy is? Is that what somatic therapy is, is, is really, it's it's going to it's using the body as the tool and then using other techniques and therapies. So like what exactly is it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's it's re- understanding that a lot of these traumas and unprocessed emotional mm-hmm. charge, I call it, uh, get stuck in the body. Mm-hmm. And so the process is it's kind of like a guided mindfulness okay. where where you've got someone with you because trauma when you're in trauma you almost always feel separate and alone. Like nobody's got my back. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. scared and no one's coming. And so in the therapy, it's like, okay, we got this. We're going to yeah. go into it together. You've got my nervous system to help you. And we're going to link our nervous systems together. So now we've got two and we're going to slow it down. And, and if it's a big trauma, you know, you just kind of like feel into the edges of it and, and you know, fear will come up and wow. and then people will get these, layers of shame coming out as well. 
And it's really important to understand how these neural states, you know, fear is this hyper aroused nervous energy and shame is, is the parasympathetic part of the nervous system coming in to try to contain or mute the hyper energy. Wow. So, you know, like when we're scared, sometimes to come out of it, this, I call it biological shame comes in and, and that's why when we're, when we're processing trauma, you'll get these, and that's what depression is too. It's this biological same kind of shutting everything down, kind of, it makes it hard to feel your body. It gets kind of numb. And, you know, so when we're processing that, I'll be like rubbing people's bodies, like, okay, and, and breaking up those shame layers. And then the fear underneath will come out. And we just kind of do these layers of fear and shame. And, and, yeah. you, you know, of course the mind makes up all these stories about like, oh, I'm scared of you right now. And it, yeah. really it's coming from the past, but you know, the mind doesn't remember maybe. So yeah. we're like, oh, I'm, I'm such a terrible person. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I even exist. And, you know, and really that's just an old layer of, of suppression. Yeah. Like it's the way the body suppresses things is through this biological. Shame. Wow. What if, what if you don't know about like what the underlying trauma is? I'm going to use myself as an example here because mm -hmm. I have a, I had hip replacement at 22 and mm -hmm. I just, I, my joints inflame. So my hip and my left knee both left. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do have a little bit of a hypothesis about what happened. I remember, I remember at, I think I was around like seven, I was running track. I forgot if I've even told the story on this podcast, but I don't know if this is actually connected, but I was trying to think like in, in a world where I could have created something like, like this in myself, what could it have been like? Cause I'm, you know, somebody who loves to be active and yeah, so I was running track and I was always like the best physically at everything that I did. And I remember running and there was this other girl there. There's three of us. And in track, when you're running sprints, you do a bunch, at least at, at this point, you did a bunch of like, almost like test trial, like test rounds before the actual race. And right. um, in every single race, in every single one, I came in second place. The other girl came in first. And it was the first time I remember thinking, it was the first time I knew that it was the best that I could be. I was like, that is as fast as I can run. And she's mm -hmm. still faster. It was mm -hmm. like this big, but like, to me, it wasn't big at the moment. But as I think about it now, I was like, could I have created that? Because this is something that I always seem to, you know, I can mitigate it, but I can't seem to work it out yet. And yet I kind of know it's emotional. Like I, I'm, I'm a very aware that there's, a, a, there's an emotional cause to everything that's happened manifesting through the body. And so, yeah, I guess it, it it's either that, or I have no idea, right? Like, or I have no idea why this is happening. And how do you work with people that have no idea? Do you, do things come up as you work on the body? Do you ask what memories are coming up or something along those lines? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because uh, there's two types of memory mm -hmm. uh, we call explicit and implicit. Yeah. So the explicit is like, you remember it, like, like you were talking about, we had these races and you had to practice them first. And, you know, there's sort of a linear memory to it, the conscious mm -hmm. memory. Mm -hmm. And then implicit memory is also what they call procedural memory. Um, so riding a bike or driving, you know, these are things that, you know, at first they're explicit and you have to think about each thing, but then it becomes implicit where it just kind of happens automatically. So the implicit memory is recording the 
kind of the vibe of mm. what's happening in the environment. Got it. So before age two, it's all implicit. There's no, like your hippocampus, which is responsible for memory comes online around age two. Mm -hmm. And then we start having explicit memory, like, oh, I'm Christmas or whatever. Uh, but before that, it's all just kind of the a body memory. Mm -hmm. So there is this other form of memory that they would Im implicit that is the body memory. And that's where the, the trauma imprints and the emotional yeah. wounding are, is held. So when you start like bringing awareness into the body and you start feeling these aches and pains and blank spots and whatever, you're basically accessing this, this implicit memory and, you know, fear will start coming out or shame will start coming out. And sometimes people, as that's happening, they'll remember, they'll be like, Oh my God, I remember being bullied when I was age seven and these guys would have beat me up or whatever. And I'm having that right now. And I'm feeling really scared and nobody ever talked about it. And, and so then you can process it right then, you know, and Got like, it. okay, I'm here with you. That must've really sucked. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can, so you don't have to have the explicit memory to process trauma, which Got is it. actually really awesome. Well, good. Because especially, you know, coming back to your son, right? Birth trauma. Uh, exactly, obviously most yeah. of us don't have the, and I actually went through a, a birth trauma too. I almost died of birth. And so I always think about that too, of like, what, what did that imprint? You know, right. like what, what does something like that in print and, and how totally. do we, and I guess maybe this is a nice segue into like, what do we do about that? You know, for, are, are there tools and things that we can do, whether it's at home, obviously seeing some, an expert like yourself is, is one of like the highest things that you can do to really, if this is something that's ailing you and nothing else is, especially has worked. Right. You know, I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what can, what can, um, are there tools and techniques that people can do to help maybe bring awareness or help release at home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's something I'm always wanting to find. It's a people ask all the time, right? Well, yeah. okay, great. We had an awesome session, but what can I do in between, you know? And, mm -hmm. what can and there's a few things. The Wim Hof stuff seems yeah. to be effective at processing some trauma. Okay. I would say, especially if you kind of go into the trauma and then jump in the cold water and do the breath work, like breath work tends to bring up uh, implicit imprints. So yeah. I don't, have you done breath work? Before? Yeah. And like, I've cried. Yeah. yeah many yes. times, like I've sometimes, sometimes you don't even know why yeah. you're crying, right? Just like shedding. It's, just, it's like a shed. Yeah. Yeah. Shedding stuff out. And it's mm -hmm. like, and that could be an implicit imprint from when you were three, all of a sudden it gets, you know, yeah. maybe your parents didn't let you cry and now you can, and it's safe and it, yeah. you, you process that stuff. So yeah. breath work can be really helpful mm -hmm. for, for processing implicit trauma imprints. The Wim Hof stuff is good psychedelics are really good for that Excellent. Um, if you're in a safe environment mm -hmm. um, and then of course if you combine psychedelics and trauma resolution therapy then those are like a match made in heaven because the especially the empathogens like um, mdma and 3mmc and 2cb and they can really uh open those implicit imprints so if you're in an environment that's safe and you use one of these empathogens um, Washuma, which is the San Pedro cactus mm -hmm. is somewhat empathogenic too. And it doesn't dig quite as deep as far as opening implicit imprints, but it can be helpful if you're wanting to do just kind of the, the edges of the mm -hmm. trauma and not because mm -hmm. trauma often shows up like this vortex, like so many people, they've never just, they were doing a session. They're like, Oh, I see this tornado or I feel like totally, you know, disoriented or it yeah. feels like I'm spinning and, so, you know, you want to trauma, you, 
you want to be a bit careful with psychedelics that, because they can kind of like, like if you do really? too much or yeah. you're not that familiar with them, you know, it can open up a big trauma imprint, uh, which is why I think people have like bad trips sometimes yeah. is because they've got a lot of unprocessed trauma and then the medicines open it up and, and something from the past is terrifying them, but they're yeah. putting it on the present and, and then that you can have a, a very unpleasant experience. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you want to be careful if you're just doing at home with psychedelics that you maybe have support and you're with yeah. people that you trust and, mm -hmm. or you go out in the woods with your friends and you do it in a way that's, um, where there's some safety yeah can you talk a little bit more about why why things like mdma or 2cb like what is it about those molecules that are uh, allowing for greater healing or is it more something that you've seen or heard others um you know i know they're doing a lot of studies right now with ptsd right like i know mdma exactly, and ptsd yeah. that's a that's yeah. that's probably coming 2023 i'm it's looking like the FDA will probably approve it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's looking really good. It's yeah. looking really yeah. good. Why, why particularly, like you said that uh, the San Pedro practice isn't as deep as say something like MDMA. Do you, do you have a sense about why? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, what they say in the, the map study information yeah. is that MDMA, it inhibits the shame mm -hmm. and it makes positive experiences more salient yeah. and sort of like, traumatic experience is less uh, intense. Yeah. And the other thing that I noticed about it, I don't know if they say it in the study or not, is it gives you a big serotonin hit. So does yeah. 3MMC. And, and so you actually feel really good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. way easier to go into like old, painful, scary, terrifying, traumatic events when you feel good. Most yeah. people with PTSD or if you've got complex trauma, you, you don't, you feel pretty crappy most of the time, no matter what you do, yeah. you feel pretty crappy. So if you're starting like, Oh, I feel pretty crappy today in the session. Okay. Well, let's go into your really, early really crappiness. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. you know? The and body's going like, to be like, no, uh, no, thank no you. <laughs> I'm not up for that. You know, but yeah. if you're like, high on MDMA and you're like, Oh, I love everything. Yeah. Totally. Sure, let's yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. I guess it wasn't that big of a deal now that I look at it. Or not that, that I yes, want to, exactly. but like, it but yeah, it, like the reframing, of, like it's not as big of a deal when you're in the medicine, which then makes it possible to actually go into it and yes. process it sort of bit by bit. You know, I, and, and on that kind of note, there's, um, I forgot which of the, you know, the big research companies are, are going into this study now. It might be MindMed but they're doing an LSD MDMA together study. And I mean, I joked as I was like, just like candy flipping our way into the future, which is like, a, yeah. <laughs> like a, and I was like, perfect. Um, right. But the thing, but the thing is about that is, you know, I think there is going to be, and I hope that it's more, it's more and more studied is actually the MDMA paired with something like psilocybin mushrooms or LSD, because they actually are doing different things. And to your point, where something like mushrooms and let's just say mushrooms right now, right? Mushrooms grants us new perspectives and new layers of consciousness, right? And new new ways of seeing things. But as we know, psychedelics are also a little weird, right? They're a little weird and they can be a little mm -hmm. disorienting if you're not used to not feeling like your quote self, right? That's the first thing I always say that people have to adjust to is like, look in that come up time, you're going to start feeling the fact that like you feel different. And there's that letting go of like, that's okay. That's okay. But mm -hmm. to, and what this study is actually showing it, it or they're going to test with LSD is 
because LSD can go a number of different ways, like you were saying, if the trauma comes up in an experience like that, it could be uncomfortable as we know, you know, like I've, I've had like, um, uh, a few difficult trips and, and it is now I've also, and I'm not recommending this to anyone, but I've also paired MDMA with mushrooms or like a little bit of, of LSD. And, and I've noticed it does, um, it takes the weirdness out a little for me. So I think there's a lot to say around safely as they study it, pairing some of these molecules to do multiple things at once so that we have that opportunity, like you're saying, to go to the root and then hopefully start imprinting some new positive, good feeling memories in the body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of, as you work with these different medicines more and more, you start to see like, oh, this, you know, like, well, there's another one, 5-MeO DMT that can also pair with, say, MDMA. Mm-hmm. As, but as you work with these medicines more, you start to see what where they, because uh, certain medicines are better for certain indications. Yes. So you can be very strategic about stacking medicines. For sure. I tend to, to try to not stack medicines too much. Like I've seen other therapist trainings where, they were doing, you know, the first day they did 5-MeO DMT and then the second day they did a mushroom thing and then the third day they did an MDMA thing and then the fourth day they did a psilocybin thing and and I, I was I was horrified. Um, yeah, that's just a lot. Of, no you're not even having time to process any of that. Yeah, those, are, you, those are massive experiences. They're, they're massive experiences and they can take weeks yeah. to integrate one of yes. those experiences. And, and so it's really important to understand, like, it was almost like the theory that that guy had was like, the higher you get, the more healed you're going to be or whatever. Mm. And so you want to be careful. It's not just about getting like as Blast high as you can. out of your mind as yeah. you can, because you know, that there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but I wouldn't necessarily call that therapy. I would just call that getting really high. And yeah. so you want to, you want to treat these medicines with a lot of um, respect and yeah. um really, you know, be cautious when you're mixing them that you, you know, try both of them by themselves first and see if you're stable in that and then, you know, combine them. But when you, when you do use medicines strategically, Mm -hmm. um, they can be fabulous. Like the main medicine that I work with is, is called three MMC. It's very much like MDMA. Mm -hmm. It doesn't quite have the same gushiness in the heart chakra of I love everybody, but it's this, I'm just kidding. Not, yeah, it's got a bit of that. It's still there, okay. but it's just okay. not quite as like <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> just touching and feeling everything. You're like, okay, I'm your therapist. Like settle down. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> hilarious. I've it's got seen a little that. more like clarity in the mm-hmm. in the he- in the I call it clear seeing, like being able to just see your own shit um, more accurately. And, 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 you know, about four hours into four or five hours in um, sometimes depending on what you're doing uh, a tiny bit of ketamine can Mm -hmm. be really uh, effective in helping someone come out of dissociation. Mm. So there's this whole realm of therapy that isn't talked about much that in somatic therapy, it's just starting to kind of become Mm. more understood. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is dissociation, you know, when there's a big trauma, you know, sexual abuse or something, part of us splits off and leaves the, leaves the body, leaves the system. And often people will describe like, I'm just in, there's this part of me that's in limbo or I just space Mm. out and, or I just kind of like, and you'll see it. Sometimes people take psychedelics and then they're just kind of gone for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not, they're not here. 
That's and, interesting. And kind of Sorry, before that. before you go on to yeah. that. So when you, because I've seen that with people that just kind of, it's more of a, not to say that they're having a bad time, but it's more of a spacey thing where if I'm, doesn't matter, like I had like lots of mushrooms and I'm still very, very present. And like mm-hmm. if anything, I've got like more flow when I'm tripping. Right. Is yeah. that like a, I'm not saying it's always, but is that sometimes an indication? Because I have seen that. It's always, I guess that's where it's different for different people. Because I'm like, oh, see, I'm like extremely social when I'm on it. But then I've also seen people where it's just kind of needs to, it feels like they're a little out of body, actually, when I'm looking at them. That's probably because, because again, the medicines are opening up the, uh, the implicit imprints. Mm -hmm. And part of that implicit imprint might be that there's a part of you that's dissociated, you know, and in shamanic uh, practice, the the shaman would actually go kind of into the spirit world and mm-hmm. and kind of try and help that part of you come back into retrieval. your body. They call it uh, soul retrieval. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of Western terms, we would just call that coming out of dissociation. Right. So what, I'll give someone like a little bit of ketamine just to actually help them consciously dissociate. Like, okay, where do you go if you if you follow that part that's gone with your awareness? Where does it go? Oh, and and they can actually go, oh, well, I'm in this just nothing sort of void limbo land, or sometimes I'm I'm in a cave in the spirit world. And, and then you actually get them to consciously bring that part back down into where like, you know, okay, look down at your body and just come back down in. And what will happen is as they get closer, the trauma will start to kick up. Yeah, because yeah. it's the reason that they're just dis- partly the reason we dissociate is yeah. because trauma is like stuck in that part. And we don't want to be aware of it all the time. Chronic yeah. anxiety and stuff like that is hell. So we dissociate from from the places where we where those chronic anxious imprints are held. So as you're bringing that part back in, of course, you have to process the reason that it left. And, mm. and you know, there's usually a lot of fear and a lot of uh, often these shutdowns, these, yeah, these dead will be there and yeah. you got to bring energy into that. But eventually the person can actually bring that part and land it back in, in their system. And, you know, they always report like, oh, I feel more whole. I feel more complete. I feel more embodied. And yeah. you're actually, that's what's happening. Your spirit, which is this invisible conscious thing, which is fascinating. Yeah lands into this animal body thing you know and 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 that's not a hundred percent that we all get here at birth and it's not a and and then with trauma we tend to split off so part of the work and where psychedelics can be really helpful is is in is for embodiment for bringing these parts back in processing the trauma and then and and when we're in our body there's all these gifts that wouldn't be there if we weren't for a lot of people like your intuition, the more embodied you are, yeah. that's why yoga and these things are really good because you actually land in this thing and, yeah. and oh, I'm like, I can feel my gut. And so, uh, oh, I, I don't, you know, I've got this gut feeling to not do that or, right. you know, this guidance system that's built into every human. Uh, but most people can't feel it because we're not, we, most people, a lot of dissociate into thought is the other yes. place yeah. where people go. I know that. So they'll just think and think and think and think and think instead of being able to like go into yeah. and just feel. I have a, I have a, a story about that too, because I, I've just been on my own like somatic journey, realizing that how much I actually didn't live in the body actually until more recently. And I'm, this is going to be an ongoing thing. But the first thing I want to say too, even about that point is like, let's say with like, there's an irony, right? That psychedelics embody you because in a lot of ways, when you're on the psychedelic, you feel out of this world. Right. And, and yet it's because you are, you are connecting more to the, that, like you're saying that soul 
connection, the, the bringing the soul back. You're, you're relating to a part of yourself that so many of us have no connection with right now. You know, there's a lot of people that are just, there's not even a, uh, at, at all, like, a maybe even an awareness or like thinking of like your soul, like inviting soul into your life, like being a part of that. And what's interesting about it too, is like, I found this also with, with meditation, the more I am embodied and grounded and it can actually feel my body, the higher I can go in my, uh, meditations in terms of like conscious expansion. It's not from being dissociated. Then I'm, I'm floating, but like, and not in a grounded way where I'm actually able to really benefit by feeling myself. And that's what I was going to say about this like new journey, because I realized how much I'm always processing experience first through the mind and then the body mind, body. It's never body, mind. And the only place that I feel like I really did that is when I go dancing. Dance is the only time. And first it's mind, right? Because we're all a little self-conscious and we're thinking about it. And then eventually it'll cross (laughs) and I'm not worried about what anybody's thinking. And I'm moving from the body first. And, and that's, has always been like one of my greatest sense of joy. And now that I'm bringing, even when I meditate, I used to always be in the mind, right? Like thinking, oh, I need to connect to my crown. I need to connect to my third eye. And so it was very a mind experience because I was just very practical in the way I was thinking of, oh yeah, that's where my sight, my psychic sight is. This is where my crown is. It's here. And so let me think about being here instead of just having intention of there, but actually like meditating and feeling my whole body. And it's, and it's made a massive difference. And so I'm, it's just interesting about the timing of this conversation because I'm um, realizing how much I, I actually never lived through the body. So I've got a just very like strong mind and it's good in some ways and other ways. I'm just like, can you take a backseat? <laughs> Absolutely. So great that you're, you're experiencing that. You know, yeah. You're starting to realize the benefits of embodiment because it's 100%. Huge, huge. And ayahuasca is probably one of the best medicines for it. It's, ayahuasca is like a somatic therapist, right? you're feeling everything yeah. you're like shaking, <laughs> yeah. you're vomiting. It's very body, yeah. um, you know, and, and the medicine itself can kind of shut your mind off a mm-hmm. bit. Like, okay, mm-hmm. shut up. It, it'll just can turn off the mind. And now you're, you're in your implicit stuff and you might not even remember, but you know, it, it gives you this opportunity to come down and, and in, and, and it, it's really big on the spiritual path. Cause I was really fixated on like, you know, from age 20 um, onward, like, who am I? What am I? And what's yeah. God and what's reality and what's truth and you know, what's existence, you know, and what's the point of all this and yeah. all, you know, just, just kind of obsessed. A, a seeker. Trying to seeker. Yeah. I came <laughs> in really strong when I was 20. And a lot of paths, like I was really into Tibetan Buddhism and, and they, they have this, I, the, one of the things is like enlightenment. One of the definitions was like, um, no more human rebirth. So it kind of gives you this impression that you're trying to get out Mm. of this, that that somehow this is some weird hell realm that you're stuck in and you're just trying to transcend it. And, and, you know, I spent like 15 years trying to transcend this when I had three kids and there's screaming and I was going through an existence, you know, like, Mm -hmm. well, it's all an illusion. So does it even matter if I take my imaginary kids to their illusionary (laughs) violin lessons, you know, I was kind of pulling my hair out and, um, uh, and at some point somebody said, you know, like, maybe it's not about getting, maybe it's about getting in, 
you know, maybe it's about coming into this realm. And there's a really um, beautiful teacher around here named Duncan Grady. He's a Blackfoot elder. Mm -hmm. And he has this teaching. He says, uh, we're not humans having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So what we're trying to get to, we already are. And this is like, sort of like our avatar to do this realm. So why not just live it fully and get into it? And and my whole spiritual path changed when I started to go, oh, and, and, but of course, as soon as I started to like land in the body, and then it was like all this fear and shame and disgust. And I was like, I didn't think the spiritual path was going to be, you know, I thought it was like love and light and angels and, yeah. you know, violet flames and whatever. And, yeah. and it can, it <laughs> that, can be, but true. then there's also the that's other part thing. of it, <laughs> yeah. but that's only part of it. And, yeah. and the spiritual path really takes off when you start to really land into, and the Buddha, um, you know, the, there's 10 foundations of mindfulness. And number one is mindfulness of body. Mm. And he said, mindful that this one alone can take you to the final goal. So mindfulness of body is, is, and when you start becoming, that's where all the pain and the, you know, so most of us don't expect the spiritual path to be this like shadow work, you know, but when you start doing your shadow work and processing the fear and the pain and the doubt and the confusion, and, you know, then life actually gets really exciting and fun. And, and, and like you were saying, your spiritual abilities or your spiritual, uh, your, your, superpowers gets gets lit up you know and 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 it's the body that's the 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 key you know yeah Uh, thank you for saying yeah you know what your work is reminding me a lot of have you heard of uh the gene keys uh i've heard of it i haven't checked it out i just started getting into it so i can't even really go into it but it's it's about um it's kind of this combination of like dna that our dna basically holds Six, what he calls 64 enlightened states, but within the enlightened states are gifts and also um, the shadows of that. And that we quite literally have it in the body and that in our physical body um, are the keys to unlocking greater states of peace and awareness. Mm-hmm. And so it's just obviously like, you know, for obviously for myself, like it's, it's all pointing back to like this talk about just, um, like you're saying, landing in the body and being really present here. And, and that's where grace comes in, right? Because then there's so much life that happens Mm -hmm. and being in the body can hurt sometimes and, and Mm -hmm. feel great sometimes and go through all the things. And that's where, you know, for me, like this whole journey with my podcast has been like, a true like surrender to grace. Cause there's been like tough times. I went through like heartbreaks with friends and just really surrendering to now, like being in it and just being here. And yeah, it's definitely the hardest part because like you see how we're all so distracted on, I, and I, and I have been like focusing on trying to be like very present and seeing how quick the minds can just like go off and do something else. I was like, wow, we're, we're trying to ditch the present moment every second the mind is every second it can. And um, yeah, I think the real gift in of life is to fully land in the now, fully land. And that includes the body. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why um, people that have higher levels of trauma can have a really hard time meditating Yeah, because the first it, you know, when you land in the present moment, if there's a lot of unprocessed trauma, that's the first thing you hit. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to just be in the moment. Like the moment is, 
can, you know, because Sucks. trauma is a loop stuck in time, yeah. the moment is not a pleasant place yeah. to be because as soon as you're there, you're re-experiencing that unprocessed trauma and unprocessed emotional charge. And so that's the mind is like a defense mechanism mm-hmm. against that. Oh, just think about something else or try to solve it or try to like tell a better story about it or whatever. You know, we all have deny it. You yeah. know, there's a million different ways that the mind kind of protects us from that discomfort and then we're like you're saying we live in this culture of distraction like oh mm-hmm. you feel shitty you know buy something look at this screen do this you yeah know? Um, so it's such a practice to actually like turn towards yourself and just see okay can't what happens if i'm just in the present moment and i just ignore my thoughts as much as you can you know, yeah of course yeah totally really totally and then oh god it's really unpleasant in this pleasant moment in the <laughs> present moment. <laughs> for sure <laughs> and, uh, yeah and then we reach for alcohol or yeah. weed or cigarettes or whatever to try to make the present moment feel more comfortable yeah you know and that's, that's where so addiction the, the root of addiction is all this unprocessed trauma which is what Gabor Mate is really good at showing so as what I've seen you know with multiple people like oh I've got this terrible addiction I need to address the addiction so this addiction's killing me blah 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 and it's like the addiction's a symptom yeah Where, what are you medicating? That's what, that's where the healing needs to go. And then they start looking inside and they start saying, Oh God, when I was three, my mom died and my dad beat me up, whatever, you know, and it's, uh, it's still there kind of, and um, I'm drinking to, so I don't have to feel that. So that's where, I mean, that's where we need circles of support and where we start to normalize um, talking about this this more vulnerable stuff mm-hmm. you know there's a few places that exist like aa is is pretty good because they're everywhere and you can kind of go anywhere and go to a meeting and you can actually be honest about how messed up you are yeah. and then you hear a whole bunch of other people and you go oh, okay it's not just me yeah. almost every human is suffering in some way and uh, i'm not uniquely messed up and crazy it's it's uh and and you start to be able to kind of bit by bit process some of that pain and and you know it's one of the most ancient technologies there are is this is you know um native north americans who would have a circle if someone was in a trauma thing and everyone would listen and there's something about being heard in a container that's Mm. got a bunch of empathetic humans that can help you really help you more quickly process that stuff partly i believe it's because there's, you know, say 20 nervous systems are all processing what you're talking about because there's a group field that's intelligent that, that that's working for you. But, you know, there's not many other places that I know of where you can go and just talk about your pain. You know, a therapist is, it would be the other place, but they're expensive and they're, you know, they take time. And some of them are, you know, they're really head the, the education system for therapists um, is about 15 years behind and they don't yeah. update they don't seem to update like we've known about trauma resolutions or peter levine came, you know the had the oh you're stuck in your survival system it's not what you think about it it's it's yeah. it's biology you're stuck in your biology more than your psychology psychology is a symptom of of what's going on in your biology it's a bummer that's really important for people it's, to understand yeah, yeah it's a bummer that that's not being said because then if you know it's your biology then you're like okay you need to go maybe get some conscious body work or go see a somatic practitioner like yourself or here's some things to do to get to you know the core of of how to get out of the like oh you're you've just got this like imprint this loop that's what we need to treat so and exactly. here's some of the ways yeah. to do that Exactly. So can you, t- yeah. is there a difference between, let's say like a, a 
a trauma that happens in adulthood, right? Like a personal trauma that happens mm -hmm. versus let's say like a childhood trauma. Does it store differently? And is the treatment different? Yeah, it, it depends. Humans, humans are born with a very underdeveloped nervous system. Mm -hmm. So other mammals, you know, like horses or whatever, they can walk within, you know, a day of being born. Yeah. Whereas it takes us a year to yeah. get to that phase. So to get this big of a head, you know, through an upright pelvis, um, we're actually born quite premature. We have shorter gestation periods than other mammals. And, mm -hmm. and to compensate for that, nature uses what we call co-regulation. So the baby's, you know, underdeveloped nervous system, super sensitive. That's why it's good to keep babies in the dark for the first month or, whatever. you know, anyways, they, know that. They're, they're hypersensitive because they, they've got this underdeveloped nervous system because they're, um, so to compensate the, the adult caregiver co-regulates so the, so the infants dysregulated like, ah, 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 yeah. and you know, you, oh, it's okay. I got you. I got you. And, and you actually, your nervous system is teaching theirs how to regulate. So there's this oh. biological transmission that happens. And if say that doesn't happen or it doesn't happen very well, or the adult is dysregulated and then the infant's trying to attune to this dysregulated system, it doesn't necessarily learn how to do it. Got and it. this is what we call developmental trauma. And it's part, one of your questions earlier is like, you know, it, it seems like there's these hidden traumas that like maybe yeah. obviously birth trauma would be one, but there's an epidemic of, of what I, what I call or what they call developmental trauma, which is basically not being taught how to regulate, but with a, a regulated adult. And that, that's where mm. you get into intergenerational trauma, right? So yes. our parents go off to war and they, they get, or they go to boarding school and they get sexually abused from age four and, or, you know, mm. and then they have kids and, and the, you know, the kids are wanting to regulate and the, the parents have PTSD. So right. then that child doesn't learn how to regulate. And then they have kids and they don't, they can't transmit what they didn't get. So you get this intergenerational trauma where you, after a war, where a few generations later, people have really not very resilient nervous systems because they didn't get enough co-regulating when they were little. And you, you see it, and this is the root of so much mental health. What yeah. they call mental, it shouldn't be called mental health. It should be called Un unprocessed trauma yeah. um and you know like symptoms are like like we were talking about earlier you know the dsm-5 which is the diagnostic manual that they use to diagnose mental health conditions is mostly just putting names on trauma symptoms right. you could go through like manic depression okay manic what's that that's hyper arousal in your nervous system depression what's that that's when you, when the, the biological shame is suppressing everything and you're like, Oh, you, you've got no energy. And it's a, it's a, it's like a play dead stuck in your system. And, you know, so manic depression just means you're anxious and you're depressed. You know, it, it doesn't really tell you like, where is that coming from? You know? And, yeah. and instead they tell you what med to prescribe, right. which can be helpful in the short term, but it doesn't resolve anything. Yeah. So, you know, it, this is such a, other problems. Yeah. This is such a good reminder for even like young parents or, you know, people that are wanting to have children, mm -hmm. if this was actually spoken about more and talked about like how you are, how you are feeling, you know, this like mm -hmm. is such a good case for like meditation and also just bringing a level of awareness to yourself, which is, look, there's going to be times life happens that we're not in the state of peace and calm. But course, if yeah. you knew 
You know, I think if more people probably even knew that when they're not, when they haven't really dealt that, that they're, that they're actually, that there's, that's going to impact their, their child. Mm -hmm. It could be the thing that makes people go, you know, I might've thought like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Or whatever. Like they just, it just goes on unresolved for whatever reason, because it just wasn't prioritized. But there's a, there's a wonderful, another chance to like prioritize it. If of course you subscribe to something like this, you know, that mm -hmm. you can not only heal yourself, but also give your kid the best shot they can, they can have. And, uh, just in this last episode that I recorded, we talked a little bit about this, that there's, she's a naturopathic doctor and she's working with a lot of pregnant people that are, are wanting to get pregnant and they're doing a lot of, uh, ancestral clearing for themselves, mm. like doing a really intentional work so that they bring a lot of awareness around the fact that that imprint, they don't want to pass that imprint on to their kids. They want to heal it in themselves first so that their kids have that best shot. And so to me, this comes down to education again, and, and I'm so glad we're having the conversation so people can hear it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It, if, if there's any parents out there, I read all kinds of parenting books when I started having kids and looking back, I, most of them were crap. But there's one good one, and it's called Hold On to Your Kids, and it's written by Gordon Neufeld and, and Gabor Mate, and they talk about attachment parenting. You know, there was, there's this Dr. Spock and uh, what's his, the, the cry it out method, uh, Ferber, Dr. Ferber, these PhD, whatever, expert idiots had this theory that if you went and picked up your child every time that it would make them dependent on you and that you want to try and make them as independent as possible as early as possible so that they're not you know living in your basement when they're 30 and most of my work is trying to undo that nonsense <laughs> right <laughs> that that just shows a deep untrust that there's that the universe i think this on this is a spiritual level that we're so supported by the universe but if you have the the imprint that there's nothing coming to help you that you're yes. on you're alone in this that you're going to be alone to suffer that nobody's that there's no help then yeah. boy what a what a tough that's one that so many people are undoing you nailed it that's that's exactly what ha what ha it it gives you it leaves this imprint of i'm not good that's where all this self-esteem stuff like i'm not good enough and mm -hmm. and you go to other cultures like south america where you know, the babies are held and you pass it to grandma or you're the neighbor or the sister and, and you're working in the field with the baby on the back. And if you look at all the other primates, you know, orangutans, whatever, they're, they're stuck to the, they're yeah. not in cribs and car seats and strollers. And, you know, they're, they're connected They're And that's how their nervous system develops. So when, with this, if, yeah, if you leave them to cry it out, it's a trauma. If you ever hear a baby screaming, it's, <laughs> yeah, they're so scared. And then a little conscious, stuff. like stuck there. Like, where am I? What is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, there is like, it's, I'm, I'm going to die is kind of like it goes into. Mm -hmm. So the nervous system is a lot like the electrical system in your house. If you plug in, you know, too many things into one circuit, it'll blow the fuse as a way of protecting the circuit from too much energy. Right. Kinda, Same yeah. thing in the human body if you get into like a terror panic and your whole system's about to like explode with nervous energy, boom, it'll blow the fuse and, and you get these, sh this shutdown, mm -hmm. um, which is the play dead, you know, you're, yeah. and that's what happens when you don't pick up the child. So they, they, you know, Ferber and Spock would be like, Oh, look, they're quiet. You can sleep. You know, it's like, 
but they didn't self-soothe. They now they're in a in a frozen play dead state. You yeah. Know? And that gets stuck in their system and it stays with them until it's resolved. Yeah. Which uh, could be like when you're 30 and you're you're you know doing, doing psychedelics. I'm just kidding. You know, and all of a sudden you feel like a, an infant that's terrified and no one's coming, yeah. but your friend's there and they're like, Oh, it's okay, I got you. And that will heal the imprint because the new information is somebody came and then, oh, I am worthy of connection and I am mm. worthy of needing help. And it's not a terrible thing to need help because we're humans and we're pack animals and we 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 survive way better when we work yeah. together and when we help each other. Yeah, this is reminding me a lot of this story. And I'm I'm so sorry to this athlete. I, I can't remember his name, but there was a special on Bryant Gumbel, Real Sports Bryant Gumbel is with a... Is that the right name? Right? Are you familiar with it? Okay. So it's a, it's an HBO thing. And there was three segments about psychedelics. Um, It was a a hockey player who was suicidal. There was, um, I believe he was a, either a, no, he must've been a football player. And there was one other guy, but anyway, the football player talked about his ayahuasca experience and he was also, you know, dealing with like suicidal ideation and, and really had everything going for him, you know, like it was one of those things. And he was brought back in the vision to himself in the crib mm. and like a baby. And he was in the crib and there was all these adults walking around him and he was just crying and crying and nobody would pick him up. Mm. And mm. finally the voice came in and, um, you know, like the voice of the way he described, like the voice of God, like the divine, like basically that, that he is held that, that like the love that he is like the, the nurture of the universe. And like, he ended up like self-soothing. He actually, and he's like this big dude. And he's talking about right, like how right. he literally put his like thumb in his mouth, like in the ayahuasca and became like the baby again at that time. And like mm-hmm. was nurtured, not just by himself, like, but not mm-hmm. by like, I'm self-soothing, but like it coming from the place of wholeness, like that, mm-hmm. that, all the abandonment of like, nobody's helped me in this and that, that like sudden this, this kind of bigger experience was like, no, you're held and mm-hmm. you can, and you can hold yourself now. Like it's time, like you can actually like become like whole in yourself and, and it just changed his life. And it was so beautiful. And so listening to your story, I was like, yeah, he um, heard an adult literally basically having that conversation of how that earliest imprint that he didn't even remember was it seemingly at the heart of his still not want, want, not feeling wanted or loved in this world, you know, not feeling loved at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. And those, we would call those attachment wounds or attachment Mm -hmm. traumas. And, and it kind of relates to a question you said earlier, like, is it different when they happen when we're little or when we're adults? Um, And one difference is when you're an adult, um, your nervous system is way, way is developed. It's way more resilient than when you're an infant or a toddler or whatever. So the impact of whatever the trauma is less initially, and you have more of a solid nervous system to process it. Right. Uh, the neat thing about what you're describing there is it's like the, the, the painful or the traumatic imprint was stuck in his system and the, the medicine opened it up. But he had an adult self that could also, and the divine, both going in and and which relates. There's a there's a type of therapy they call internal family systems. I've heard, just heard of it actually. It acknowledges you know that there's we have these younger parts that 
if there's trauma or they split off at different ages. And often if you look inside, you'll gosh, it feels like there's a, this guy's like three years old or whatever, that's trying to get my attention. And mm -hmm. um, so you can actually go back and reparent yourself to a certain degree yeah. where those, those scared parts can, can be held by, by your adult self. Like, okay, yeah. I got you, you know, got you sweet. It's going to be okay. And then especially if you've got a spiritual thing coming in at the same yeah. time, that just, that you know it's like icing on the cake for for resolving those imprints and then it, like you said oh maybe I do matter maybe you know I'm not right. just a loser and that yeah. nobody cares about and that maybe I am wanted and yeah. and all and, of those and, and you see stories like that how, happen. how pervasive that thinking is here is a good-looking 6-4 football player who was in the NFL here's a person who probably got lots of external love in right. his life yeah, yeah. and was still that imprint at mm -hmm. that young age was so strong that nothing in the nothing, external nothing externally could, could shake yeah. that feeling unloved thing, even though I'm sure his mind understood like I don't know why i I understand i'm 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 celebrated and I'm loved and I've got probably great family and friends, you know, but like there's still mm -hmm. that thing, and it just shows that it's not just for. It's, it knows no, um, it doesn't care what you've done or, exactly. you know, like how much money you've made or anything like that. Like healing yes. knows no, it's just, it is what it is. We're all humans at the end of the day. We're all this, we're all the same, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. fundamentally and like what the needs really? that we need. And yeah, it was, it was beautiful. You know, I would love to actually talk to you a little bit about collective trauma too, because we're going through a collective trauma right now and with COVID, right. And mm -hmm. does that leave an imprint in us as a collective? Like, is there anything that's, I don't know if that's even a relevant question, but it just came to mind that I was like, yeah, we're kind of going through something that's pretty traumatic for people. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is, I mean, one thing about embodiment as you land more and more and you process the, the stuff and, and you, you get more here and more embodied is you start to get more sensitive to yeah energy and 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 your senses get you know your taste and touch and everything gets more sensitive because you can really feel things and you start to be able to also a lot of people be able to sense so like the spirit world which is mm -hmm. directly overlaying this world but it's at a different frequency that we can't perceive you know we yeah. tend to just see visible light spectrum mm -hmm. which they say is like you know this much of like of what's actually happening we're just perceiving this little bit so mm -hmm. as you get more embodied your your perception gets stronger mm -hmm. and psychedelics temporarily give you this expanded perception oh, yeah. as well you start to be able to perceive these more subtle realms or these subtle energies and mm -hmm. and there is a collective we do as humans have Jung called it the collective unconscious yeah there is a sense of and, you know, and I feel it myself, you know, when I tune into COVID, I, it's just like, ooh, you can feel yeah. the whole world's a bit like. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, that's a perfect, <laughs> perfect description of it. Yeah, <laughs> that seems right. <laughs> and I don't know if that's leaving a trauma imprint, but it's definitely a present moment um, discomfort. Yeah. And, uh, and then I guess, depending on what happens. Sure, sure, sure. Then the individual the, experience of the. Yeah, if you it. get put in a camp for quarantine and you yeah. know that could be traumatic and all of yeah. all of the things that could come out of it. And one thing I know about this time is probably the best remedy is connection with hum other mm -hmm. humans 
and and doing stuff like like have a games night and just do something fun you know like yeah. do something about the dark that's just simple and fun and and but we're where we're connecting with each other because that's what's really being lost you know there's no more dance parties and uh, festivals and and thankfully not, they're you know, coming back but... and we're, people are getting more and more and more and more isolated and yeah. And and that makes us more and more crazy as humans. Like we really yeah. don't do well when we're isolated. It makes our mental health stuff get worse. And yeah. so yeah, the more we can connect and and really this practice too of 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 tolerance, you know, because there's so many so much division, and you know the ability to like can my friends have a completely different point of view than me on certain things and can we still love each other even if those points of view might be radically or opposite right um and i i don't understand like a lot of people have lost this ability to discern like okay we have different views but that doesn't mean we can't be friends like can we still be friends and and disagree or agree to disagree on this you know feels like right now that is It is a practice because I, you know, I've heard so many unfortunate stories about how this pandemic has really split up families and split up friends and it's becoming just so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, I think tolerance is the key, you know, and, and, and I think we can all believe our viewpoint is right, but just having enough respect for others to just hold their own regardless, like what that is. And I know where, where I look, I know this is a tricky one that we're in, but yeah. Kindness, human kindness right now is so, yeah. so, so important. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's unfortunately we're, we're so in that, what do you call it? That reptilian brain, right? That fear well, state that exactly. is so active that we are not, I don't think thinking like the loving human beings that we are, you know, like, I don't think that mm-hmm. it's like getting taken over almost by like, a this just energy of like scared survival. And then it's become very tribal. And I'm like, fighting each other does not help anything it's you know no, like, it, no it just creates more division more <laughs> yeah angst on both sides yeah. and yeah so i think that's the key and and again that's where psychedelics can be so mm-hmm. beneficial because it takes you out of those or it can uh really break through those trance states that a lot of people are in like you you know, there's sort of like the media has turned into this weird sort of fear porn yeah. thing that just keeps hammering you with with fear, 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 fear. Yeah. So you're in this constant state of like, are we going to survive? And when you're in that state, you can't take in new information. Yeah. It, you, you can you're you're actually especially information that contradicts what you think you already know. Yes. So any opposing viewpoints are going to be seen as threats. Yes. Rather than like. Let's talk it out. Oh, well, I never thought about that. Like, right. hmm, wow, that kind of contradicts what I thought. But there, it seems like there's a lot of scientific evidence that points to maybe what the media is saying isn't exactly true or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like just that ability, to, deductive reasoning to be able to hold two opposing viewpoints and decide for yourself. 100%. Uh, when you're in that fear state, you, you just default to, um, uh, what do they call that? Whatever got to you first. The, yeah, um, right. Right. Whatever imprinted you. What are the fear yes, imprinted exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's being repeated over and yeah. over and over again. So that's where, you know, psychedelics and somatic therapy, both, they they get you out of those states yeah. so that you can actually get your discernment back. Yeah. It, it would um, be like, you don't really see like debates anymore. Like, I was like, no, 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 like people can like talk about, like you're saying, like to hold, you don't have to change your minds, but 
but just to listen to someone and be like, okay, I see where you're coming from. But like, that's, I, for me, it's this and here's why, like there we've yeah. like very much lost that, um, sadly that that ability to hear one another and hopefully we get it back and yes shout mm-hmm. out to psychedelics how to change your mind as michael Pollan wrote yes most definitely is a good way to just shake it up and get yourself out of that trance i love that word because it is mm-hmm. can you know and i've i've felt myself in times in life in like that trance and i'm like oh i'm am i like on autopilot right now i'm just getting autopiloted around and yeah mm-hmm. The last thing I want to talk to you about was talk to me about this new program that you're doing. I know you're doing a masterclass about the physiology of trauma. What mm-hmm. is, give us a little overview of this masterclass. I will of course link all the information to it in this episode so people can go and check it out and explore deeper, but can you tell us more about it? Uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm actually quite excited about it because uh, we filmed the masterclass this summer, so it's it's available now. Okay, and it's the culmination of sitting with people for 25 years with kind of a question mark. You know, sitting with people, going, "Where is this coming from?" You know, and I'm muscle testing: is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? You know, and you know, eventually, 10 years ago, realizing, oh, it's unprocessed trauma. It's unprocessed. It's held in the body. Here's all the mechanisms of it, mm-hmm. and then trying things out. Oh, I wonder if this would work. And, oh, that landed. Oh, okay. Let's I wonder. And, and really thinking about it for, you know, 25 years, I've been really trying to get to the root of, and, and shocked that our healthcare system doesn't actually understand mental health. Doesn't yeah. understand, like they understand the symptoms of it and they understand treating the symptoms, but they don't, they don't even go towards the root for whatever reasons they they haven't got there yet. Um, and the medical system doesn't understand how the, that unprocessed trauma lives as inflammation and causes all these other problems, you know, all these autoimmune mm-hmm. disorders that are mysterious and uncurable actually aren't there. It's unprocessed trauma. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm, a lot of what I learned and how to treat, and I, I teach um, other therapists to do, I, I teach a course called uh, the psychedelic somatic therapy mm-hmm. training. So it's combining psychedelics with somatic therapy uh, for trauma resolution and relational repair. Mm. Um, one thing that we won't have time for today is, is talking about uh, relational intelligence. And it's a whole field of healing that nobody's hardly talking about at all. And I would say it's probably one third of healing has to do with relational wounds and relational healing and relational mm. intelligence. And, and this is something, of course, it should be in kindergarten, you know, communication and sure. talking about your feelings and talking about body sensations and talking about what's really going on rather than just, you know, trigonometry, which of course we'll never use in a million years. And um, so anyways, <laughs> yeah. the, the masterclass, I'm really elated that somebody saw, saw the value in what I was teaching and wanted to invest in filming me teaching it so that it could get out to more people because uh, probably about two thirds of the stuff that's in there is not in any textbook anywhere. All the experts on Gabor's show, none of them talked about it. Brené Brown, who's mm-hmm. the expert in shame, only talks about one type of shame. I, I talk about eight types of shame, like wow. the way the parasympathetic you know, part of your nervous system suppresses things and how to unsuppress things and how to process them safely. And um, so it's like 25 years of just being in the trenches with really like in the last five years, I've worked with so many people with PTSD and 
Um, there's another aspect that I talk about in the, in the masterclass called psychic disturbance, uh, which has to do with the spirit world crossover. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they understand it, of course, in shamanism, but we don't understand it in mental health and that it's, it's a huge part of mental health. People yeah. are, I, I'm hearing auditory, you know, and they call it auditory hallucinations. And it's like, no, those are spirits. Yeah. You know, every other culture in the world knows what that is. <laughs> yeah. And why are we so dumb that we can't accept that or whatever? Yeah. We can't see we it. You're so know? fixed on materialist, um, like a materialist you know, of science. You're seeing, <laughs> and you're seeing demons. Like those are real. Like yeah. those, you know. Um, the rest of the world knows that, but Western culture, oh, we can't see it and measure it, so it doesn't exist. So anyways, the, the master class is a culmination of really being in the trenches and really mapping out how to treat these things. How do you treat chronic fatigue? How do you treat the uh, chronic anxiety? How do you resolve depression? We, most people don't know that. Most, you know, um, and these tools that, that I've created over the last, especially the last 10 years, and I'm teaching other people, they work, they're working, they're working better than, and cause I tried every, I tried Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, I didn't care what the uh, shamanism, sure. psychotherapy, Western, Eastern, Northern, Southern, whatever. Yeah. Like I wanted to like, what works? I just, I don't care what, you know, the ethnic background is. I just want to know what works. Yeah. And so this is 25 years of really being in the trenches and figuring out what works and I'm, and we're seeing it work. And, and, it's the masterclass is leading into this new thing now that we call the trauma resolution network. And it's an online platform for, uh, there's a couple things. There's integration coaches on there. So mm-hmm. for people that are doing psychedelic uh, medicines and, and journeys and psychedelic therapy, sometimes it can really open up your stuff and it can take weeks to, to integrate that. And if you don't know that it can be really disconcerting, you know, especially if the spirit yeah. world opens up and you're seeing ghosts and, and yeah. whatever, and then you got to go to work on Monday and you're like, so there's a, there's an online platform. They have, I think every two weeks they're doing integration circles. So mm-hmm. kind of like an AA thing, but it's, it's virtual and you come on and you get a chance to process uh, a bit of your psychedelic journey, or even if you're just having a really hard emotional time, there's a circle. It's an online circle for people to get support with integrating their their journeys and and just and also being connected to uh, sort of a tribe of like-minded people that are. So there's uh, there's people offering breathwork stuff on there, and I'm going to be doing little teachings on there, like a Q and A every mm-hmm. month, and it's really exciting. The it's going to launch at the end of December, I believe. Cool. Uh, so anyways, you can put a link to the trauma resolution network. Yeah. I will. This will be perfect timing too, because this will come out in mid December. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And then, so it'll be up and running by then I believe. And, uh, people can go and check that out and, and become part of this online community. That's, uh, exploring all these things. And it's also a, a place where psychedelic therapists, there's going to be a separate circle can really just for integrity purpose, because it's a bit of a wild west out there still, you know, there's a lot of people that just like, Oh, well, I've done lots of acid. I could sit for people or whatever. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That know what to do if someone has a panic attack or, you know, so on this platform, you know, I'm going to be teaching people, how do you regulate a panic attack? What do you Mm. do if someone goes into a psychosis and, you know, so that we can avoid, bad trips and bad what a you know, beautiful service and all of that stuff so it's really exciting there's an ethical there's a they have really high ethics to the nectara is the name of the mm-hmm. the organization and they're they're creating this online platform and 
I'm really excited to be a part of it. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much. That masterclass sounds so incredible. I will absolutely put the link and all the information to it, especially for those that are listening that have been hitting that wall, you know, with their, with their, and want to kind of see if there's a shot. And I love the fact that you're pulling from all of these different modalities. Cause the truth is that, you know, that there's so much truth in all of them. There's so much. Yes. Yeah. They all had something good to offer. Yeah. And it's like, why not, why not pull from all of the wisdom of the world? I mean, we're also connected anyway, and especially certain cultures like the Eastern, like they've got so many, so many more years on us, like what 5,000 more years, like of just wisdom and knowledge that yes, what a beautiful way to like combine different things and it's like take what works and and leave what doesn't. And like, that's the beauty of this kind of stuff. Like it's not just like one way. It's like, look, there's, there's things. Yes. Yeah. And everyone has a unique path and mm-hmm. and some things work better for some people and not for others. And yeah. so you kind of find what works for you. Very cool. Sasha, yeah. it was so wonderful to get to know you and hear all about, honestly, like I, I was just fascinated learning all things about trauma and the way it worked. And I'm going to be looking at my own, honestly, like body and thing and like how to bring more conscious awareness to that from a somatic Place, Cause I've been doing it from a mind place and it hasn't really worked at this point. Mm-hmm. So thank mm-hmm. you for personally yeah. for myself, because I think You're that's welcome. just really, really helpful for me as well. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, part of the practice is just staying present with discomfort. That's yeah. one of the main practices. Oh, it's uncomfortable in there. So what happens? I just kind of keep holding my awareness there. And you'll notice as you do that, it starts to unpack and you start having memories and it starts moving and you start uh, emotions will come out or whatever, you know, so just staying present with discomfort without reacting to it Uh, as long as you can. Is, is a really good practice. And on the masterclass, there's some good, there's a inner child meditation on there that, you know, you, it, there's, you, there's a guided thing where you go in and you find the split off parts and you connect with them and hold them and, yeah. and they can start to integrate more. And so there's, there, there is things yeah. you can do on your own. And then of cool. course, doing psychedelics or doing psychedelic therapy, when you put the two together, it's just like yeah. Yeah. match made in heaven. Totally. For this kind of stuff. And totally. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was a, just a treat to connect and to get to talk to you. Thank awesome. you so much. And for everyone, as always, trip on this. <laughs>